Hey, Anya. Hey. Are you ready so, for it today? I'm a little worried about you with this why episode. Why are you worried about me? I'm a little worried about you because I know how you feel about spiders. Yeah. Not – normally not a fan. I <laughs> can't say that I've ever <laughs> sought to have an interaction with the spider on purpose. <laughs> Well, you're now going to be interacting with um, several of them over Zoom, though, so hopefully it's okay. <laughs> I think I can handle that. I think I can handle seeing a spider through a screen. I know that there's it's agoraphobia or something like that with with people who are really scared of spiders. I don't have that, but I, I think I can tolerate this, so wish me luck. I think you got this, you know, especially because we're about to sit down with Madison from the Instagram account at Jumping Spooters. Madison is such a sweet, kind person based on my email interactions with her and her content. So I feel like if anyone can make Anya and I like spiders, it's going to be Madison. Uh, No pressure, Madison. (laughs) Awesome. Let's get to it or jump to it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, Madison. Welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you here on Furfluencers and to learn a little bit more about you and your spiders. But first, tell us about you. You know, who are you? Tell us a little bit about your background. You know, what are you interested in doing? Yeah, well, uh, like I said, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Um, My name is Madison. I pretty much just love all critters and all creatures. So that is really what led me to my journey on creating the at Jumping Spooters Instagram account so I could show my really unusual and uncommon critter, which is jumping spiders I have. And were you always interested in critters? Were you that kid who was in the backyard, like picking up little bugs and creepy crawlies and bringing them back to your family? Oh, yes, I, I definitely am. I still am that kid. Definitely. All, all the time, my fiance's mother, she always says, oh, what did Madison find now? <laughs> I am definitely that person. I love that. I love that. And what I'm curious with your fiance, how soon did you reveal to him that you were into jumping spiders? Was this something that like came up first date? You're like, hey, listen, you got to love me and my spiders. <laughs> Well, he came first before the spider. So it was more of like a convincing situation. Yes, actually, we just had our six-year anniversary last month. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, Now, yes, uh, he didn't really need too much convincing because he always knows I'm always bringing home something. I'm always taking home. And he he definitely, he needed a little bit of convincing because he wasn't sure about jumping spiders, as is a lot of other people. So I had to convince him that they're not scary. They're not creepy. They're not all that weird as maybe some spiders are, but he definitely fell in love with them just like I did. And when did you fall in? Oh, sorry, Anya. I was just going to say as far as like childhood, I have a niece who is very much into nature. She's constantly bringing in bugs. She just got a snake as a pet. She's saving up for a bearded dragon. Um, She loves spiders too. So she's going to be really excited to know that I spoke with you. I shared your account with her. Um, and you know, her parents though, were a little bit like, oh my gosh, we did not have these types of animals growing up, but they didn't want to discourage her, you know, from being exploratory. Did you have that same experience too? Or what were your parents like when you were bringing in all these little creatures and into your home? I think I got my first lizard when I was like five. So I mean, (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to assume they were pretty okay with it. They, um, I, I'm from more of like a countryside of Pennsylvania. So we had farm life, chickens, horses, everything you could imagine. I was always going out in the woods. I was always picking up salamanders I would find or frogs and always finding weird bugs. So really, I think it was just a matter of time. I've always had lizards growing up. You know, I've always, I've never had spiders or snakes or anything growing up, but I had a lot of other things for sure. Anything that moved, I loved. <laughs> It sounds like the ideal childhood. I mean, honestly, you know, when you envision what would be like a great experience as a kid, just being able to be outside and in nature and forming those attachments to, as you said, critters and all things wild, it just sounds really, really lovely. Um, when did spiders really become a part of your life? Like, what was that moment where you were some like, okay, I'm going to be a spider person now? It actually all happened in the eighth grade for me. Our eighth grade class, um, they actually wanted us the entire summer before we started our sort of school year. They wanted us to go out and find as many bugs and little critters as possible. And whenever we did, we started learning about those bugs throughout that school year. And then we finally came across spiders. What spiders are in Pennsylvania? What spiders are in your state? And when we came across jumping spiders, he pretty much told us, if you find a jumping spider, go and play with it. They're fun. They're curious. They're, they're really entertaining. And it, it was just a week later, I actually had seen one because he told us what they look like. How would we know? And I had found one in my garage that very week and I really oh had a really fun interaction with it. it every single time I put my finger down it would jump back and then when I removed my finger it would jump back forward to me and it was just it was really fun to have this really cool interaction with it and ever since then I always just kept them in my mind I never saw one ever since then but now I know I was not looking hard enough because they really are everywhere but you know just when I learned about them now in my adult life, learning that you could find them from breeders. I was like, oh my gosh, it just took me back to when I was in eighth grade and I had that awesome experience. Oh my gosh. I feel like my my sister and her husband are going to be like, please don't let her listen to this episode because now she's going to ask for jumping spiders. <laughs> now that we know we can just go buy them. <laughs> Yes, oh, I, I love that. that. So you can find them. Are they native then to Pennsylvania or to the Northeast? Yeah, there are many different species everywhere. I mean, there are, I think jumping spiders take up about like 13% of all spider species. And wow. they are generally, they are so common. It just depends on what species are in your area, really. Because we do in Pennsylvania, we have very small species, but yet we also do have like more of the common species that you would find that breeders would sell. Like just the other day, last week, I found a, um, it's called a bull jumping spider. It's incredibly common for people to have as pets. And I actually found one outside. I usually only oh find the little tiny God. ones, but I found one of the bigger ones and it was so fun. <laughs> oh that's so interesting to me. I see. I feel like I would jump if I saw a jumping spider. <laughs> you probably would because they really, I mean, especially the bull jumpers, actually how we found it was it jumped and landed on my grandfather's stomach. And at first he freaked out and he kind of threw his shirt up a little bit. Um, but my fiance recognized it right away. And he was like, oh, nope, I'm going to capture that for Madison. She's going to appreciate this. She's going to love this. <laughs> and I actually, I still have her. I didn't think she was going to, uh, I didn't think she was going to adjust. Sometimes when you find them outside, you really should just release them. If they're not really adjusting well, you can kind of tell because they're going to be very shy, very skittish, and they're just going to act like something you captured outside. And I thought, oh no, I'm going to have to release her. But she actually made a really big nest and that means she's going to molt. So I'm really happy that I'm able to provide her a safe place to do her molting at. And how do you, I, you know, as someone who just had dogs and cats growing up, 
what is it like in terms of building a connection with a spider? And, and it, you know, I looking at your account, they obviously love you. There's obviously a deep connection there. So what does that look like in terms of creating that bond with the spider? There is a little bit, it's, um, it's really not so much of a connection. If I were to be totally truthful, um, they are just that trustful. They are just that, uh, that much of a good demeanor. They are very docile. They're very curious and they can form that trust, but not in a trust of like a bond as in, oh, I recognize you as mommy. Mommy comes and feeds me every day, but more so of a, oh, this is a disturbance I'm used to throughout my day. <laughs> um, and, so I feel like Anya calls me at 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know I have a person like that too. <laughs> um, but no, and, and another thing too is that they're actually very good at telling the difference between a biological object and then just a non-biological object. So the minute that they feel us, they know they're on another living being. And some of them do not react very well to that. And other ones react perfectly fine to that and they don't mind it at all. Some of them are able to get used to that feeling though. Like I know somebody described it once as like, they don't like our icky, sticky, warm hands, but over time they'll be like, okay, this is a surface I feel all the time, you know? So that's kind of where that like, quote unquote bond and that quote unquote connection sort of comes from. It's just from just constant handling, really. And they just get really used to it. Anya, I'm glad you asked that question because I was curious, you know, again, just based on your content, you know, do spiders have personalities? Is it either based on, and I realize that's like a big statement because there are different types of spiders, but in your experience, do they have personalities? Does one spider vary from the next? And I guess also just for our listeners, could you tell us how many spiders you have right now? Yeah, so I actually I have four from the breeders, but then I just found the other one last week. And then earlier that week, I found a second one. So technically, I have six, but that number always changes. I mean, their lifespan is very short. I don't try to have so many at one time, but I also would like to breed in the future. So one day I'll have 200. But, you know, right now I just have six. Um, but as for the personalities, I don't know if scientifically they have personalities, but I have never had one jumper, even jumpers that are the same species. I've never had one that has acted the same. They all act very different towards one another. If, if they were the same species, I think I would tell them the difference just because of how they act, where they like to sleep, where they like to spend their day, how they are when they're on me, handling, you know, sort of the things that they like to look at, the types of meals that they like and don't like. They really do have a wide range of different things that I'm able to identify them by. One of the things that was interesting to me that I learned on your page when you uh, someone had commented or asked if you ever let your spiders to get out and play with each other. And you said you can't because they're somewhat cannibalistic. They eat other spiders. (laughs) Yes, actually. Funny story, actually bring that up is actually today I was going to try to breed Cutie the Spooty with Raymond. And I thought, you know what? She is very full. I mean, her abdomen is huge. I think it could just bust if like you were to poke her the slightest, but that's how full she is. But I thought, you know what? Before I try to breed her, I'm going to try to feed her to see if she's hungry because it could end badly for Raymond. And she ate another mealworm. So I was like, wow, I can't believe you stuffed another meal in you. But yes, so if she was hungry enough, she may have saw Raymond as a snack. Or they could breed, or they could just feel a little startled with one another. They could sense another spider in the air, and they could be like, I don't know what that is. I'm just going to walk in this general direction. So they're cannibalistic, or they could just get stressed out, or they could mate if it's the same species and it's a male and female. So there's a lot of different things that could happen if you put them all together. Are the females, are they more cannibalistic than, than the male? 
Spiders, yeah. do they? Generally oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. You know what? I relate to that. I like that. Yeah. Especially the if they're not impressed with the male whatsoever. If they're not impressed, you're a snack. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so funny. It's interesting just learning about the different ways that different species in terms of gender roles that there are. Like, Julie just interviewed someone who... Um, runs a bat sanctuary and learning about how female bats are, what did you say? They're They're very maternalist. They're very maternal and in charge and they, they rule the roost. And I kind of generally do feel that is true amongst most species. But when I hear stories of just like, you know, that for instance, female spiders tend to eat (laughs) the male spiders more often. I kind of love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if you ever hear of mantises, um, whenever they mate, the males will be the first meal the female will have. So it's not like a, oh, maybe I'll keep you alive. It's a, nope, you're you're my first meal. As, as with, with my new pregnancy, you're my first meal. Thank you for this donation and then this second donation. <laughs> so much for a snuggle after. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> you know, obviously, you know, we know this from seeing some of your content, but, you know, we've got folks listening who haven't been on your Instagram page yet. What does your day-to-day with your spiders look like? Do you have a set schedule that you follow? And like, how do you typically interact with them, you know, morning through evening? Yeah. So generally, every single time I wake up, I turn on their LED light because direct sunlight is no bueno. But uh, I, I check to make sure they seem to be kind of full or not because they don't eat every single day. So I kind of just check their abdomen to see if they look like they could be hungry. Maybe I'll offer them a meal if they're out and about. Most of the times, they'll kind of deny it. They'll back away from it and be like, what is this crazy thing coming at me? I'm going to retreat back to my nest. I just kind of make sure, you know, where did they sleep last night? Are they doing okay? Is this the morning they're going to molt? Or is one of I'm going to lay some eggs. And um, once I get them all checked out, I pretty much just go about my day. Sometimes I do drop a meal in their feeder dish inside their enclosure because even though they may not accept a meal from me with tweezers, you never know. They could have just been a little bit shy and sometimes they'll find it throughout their day and they'll eat it out of their feeder. But a lot of times you can't really leave insects in their um, enclosures because you don't want them to get lost and then bug them if they are about to molt. So I always make sure I find those insects by the end of the day and I remove them. And so now going towards the end of the day, I turn off their LED lights and I just see kind of like what they were up to. You know, if I am home throughout the day, I see what they're doing. I see where they're up to. Like Moody the Spooty, she has multiple nests and she sleeps in one at night and then a different one she uses during the day. It's really kind of cute and funny. But if it is a day I'm able to get them out, I just make sure that, you know, they're close to the enclosure entrance. They seem like they would want to come out and kind of explore. And then when it's one of those days I'm am- able to handle them, I just kind of walk around the house with them. I show them different things in the house and they kind of crawl around a little bit or I just take them to like a table where I can film a little bit and put them on my Instagram. <laughs> like today, I actually, that. I got cutie the spooty out because like I said, I was going to try to mate her with Raymond, uh, which did not work out. She ended up having a meal instead. Oh, thank goodness it wasn't Raymond. <laughs> but um, <laughs> she just kind of sat on me for about three hours. I actually, I just put her away wow. um, an hour ago. Yeah, she, she hung out for a really long time. I took her outside. She seemed to really like the sunshine out there, but not an enclosure because I just read something. Somebody put their jumping spider in an enclosure outside. Don't ever do that. She was on my hand, so it was very safe for her to sit out and just kind of feel the sunshine on my hand a little bit. I feel like I need someone to poke my belly to see when I'm full if I should keep <laughs> eating or not. And you're like, okay, you're done. <laughs> 
when you're designing your boxes, you have so many cute little boxes for them. What kind of thought process goes into creating a space that's really comfortable for them? So first, I really try to prioritize a lot of little like nooks and hides for them to sleep in or stay in throughout the day, somewhere where they feel safe because there's like a bunch of little walls and little corner for them to sit into and to tuck into. Because like I said, like they really do. They make a bunch of nests in their enclosure. I think really sometimes they wander off and they kind of forget where they place their first one. So they just make a whole new one. And other ones, they only do make one and they, they remember and they stay near it. But typically when I make them, I make them with the hides in mind, but then I also am trying to make sure that uh, they're not going to slip on the enclosure walls because as they get older and they get to their last molt, they're not going to be able to stick to plastic and glass very well. They may slip and I don't ever want them to slip or to feel like they're constantly straining on the glass to stay on it because that's what they do. They walk around on the glass, they hang around on upside down on the ceiling of their enclosure. So I try to place as many like ribbon and leaves and just other little things for them to climb onto that has texture. So that way when they're exploring, they're not really on that plastic or glass for too long until they're onto something else that they can hang on to better. But generally speaking, I just try to use some things around my house and I hope it all turns out really pretty. <laughs> and they are beautiful. So thoughtful. But they you. are. That's <laughs> true. And just the amount of thought that you've put into this. How did you learn to construct these little sanctuaries for them? Were you able to find things online that helped you or were you just sort of watching them and seeing how they interacted to one thing and then, you know, iterate from there? Pretty much, I just try to observe them because anytime I try to find, I mean, I know there's there's countless of countless, sorry, countless of enclosure tutorials out there that I probably could have found one that I would have really liked. But the ones that I was able to find, I didn't really like them. They didn't seem good for the jumping spider, especially after having them and realizing that they, they can slip and fall. A lot of these enclosures that didn't seem really fit for the jumping spider and they didn't, they seemed very small. And so it kind of was like trial and error. I had a really big enclosure and I realized big enclosures are not good for them. They're, they're, they're they're too small. They're not going to be able to find their food. They explore around too much. They lose where their home was. So I made it into a smaller enclosure. I found a good size that works for them. And I sort of just added things in there that, like I said, I, I hope that it's good for them because the ones that I was looking online, I, I just did not really like how they were. I didn't think that they were good for the jumping spider. I thought they were just more convenient for like the person to make or the person to have. Like, I really feel like they're advertising it as, oh, really easy to make. Look, all you need to do is just throw this one thing in there. And so I was like, no, no, I'm going to make it really special for them. I'll make it like the wild. The wild is very cluttered and clustered and has a lot of things. You know, I, I want their, uh, their, their enclosure to feel safe and condensed and have a lot of different textures and things for them to go to and explore. Yeah. I feel like there's a career path for you as an interior designer for, for spider boxes or doing <laughs> tutorials or something for people who want to create really beautiful spaces that also are inhabitable for the spiders. So just, just food for thought. <laughs> I actually, I did. I came out with an enclosure tutorial. I finally made a YouTube account and I, I put an enclosure tutorial on there. And I hope to make other tutorials as well because I realize I'm not always going to have the same enclosure container sizes. So if I just come out with a bunch of different container sizes, I can just make a whole new enclosure tutorial because other people at home, they're probably just using things they have around their house. It's very easy to use a Tupperware or something for them. You don't have to go to the store and buy something. And me and my family 
fiance that we were, we were talking about possibly, you know, opening up a website or like an Etsy shop or maybe we can 3D print. I mean, right there, right there, I know it's, you can't really see in the podcast, but you can see in the video, that's actually a 3D printer. And we were kind of hoping to create 3D frames and buy the acrylic and make our own enclosures. And I I can go and start creating some really cool decorations, decor and other hides that people can buy from me that they know comes from a really good jumping spider parents. And it's jumping spider approved. So I hope that I hope one day the future holds that for me as well. So thank you so much. I can see that. I mean, it could be extreme makeover, you know, spider edition. You're going to go in, you're going to change people's lives with these like brand new amazing spaces for their spiders. Um, It just occurred to me, it's like two technical questions that might be of interest to our listeners. I guess the first is you mentioned malting. So, you know, what is that? And the second is, where does the food come from? Like, how are you obtaining these little, little munchies? So for molting, um, they go through various molts. Um, they're going to be generally, you know, maybe a few weeks to like a month apart when they're younger. And then it's going to really slow down when they're getting older. And also that the duration whenever they molt is going to be very fast. It could take, you know, hours to maybe a day whenever they molt as a baby to maybe a juvenile. But as an adult, it could take uh, several days to almost two weeks. You know, Moody the Spooty, she just got out of a molt. And it took her two weeks to complete it, actually. And then it's a few days after the process to make sure that her new exoskeleton uh, hardens. But typically, whenever this happens, they are preparing to make a very big, fluffy nest. This is going to act as something that's going to cushion them and protect them. And they hardly leave their nest. During this time, I do not feed them as all, at all because the insects that you may put into the enclosure, it may bug them, may bother them, it may startle them because whenever they're molting, they are removing all of their legs, their entire body from this other skeleton, this other form of themselves. And when this happens, it's very sensitive for them. This is a very stressful process. So if anything were to startle them or jolt them, you know, they, they might pull too hard and you may have a leg that you know, goes with it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a very stressful time for even me just because I do try to miss the enclosure. They need plenty of hydration, no food, but plenty of hydration for this process. It helps them to make sure it's a successful molt. And I make sure I open up the lid so carefully, you know, not to like scare them or startle them. Usually they're just sitting in their nest though, waiting for it to happen. The actual molting process is not two weeks long, but for Moody the Spooty, it took her two weeks to get her new inside skeleton ready and then to fully excrete the other exoskeleton and then to make sure her her new exoskeleton is very, you know, safe and hardened. Because if she were to go out and get attacked by something, you know, she doesn't know that's not going to happen. But if, you know, if she goes out with a soft exoskeleton, that's not going to be as safe for her as if it were if it was hardened fully. But other than that, the other thing you were talking about was the meals. How do what do they eat and where do I find them at? So a lot of people can find their meals outside or in their house, like the common housefly, for example, or like a moth outside. But I try to I try not to do that just because um, there are people who come by to mow the lawn and I don't know if they use insecticides. And so I always want to be very careful. That's not good for your spider. I mean, the insecticides are for spiders too. And uh, so I just get mine from pet stores, but you can also get them from breeders online or from other uh, like reptile shops online, so to speak. Um, I get mealworms. I get wax worms. You can buy um, flies, fly eggs, actually, and they hatch into flies, like like fruit flies, for example, too. Those, those would be good for um, jumping spiders if they're a baby or if they're are very small in size because that's a smaller meal for them even though they can eat 1.5 times their size or even bigger if they're very wow. courageous um I, I try to offer them a very big variety of a diet because that's what they would find in the wild they would they would pretty much eat anything that that 
would crump would cross by them. So I try to make sure that I'm providing them with as much of a variety as possible. I don't want them to get bored. And I also want to make sure it's, it's healthy for them. You know, if they were to eat the same thing every single day and it's not providing a certain nutritional value, you know, I want to make sure that maybe I'm providing that other nutritional value through other types of meals. I mean, like wow. humans, really, generally <laughs> speaking, as far as just the variety of diet that we have for the most part, that I wouldn't, I mean, I, now I'm thinking about my dog, if I should be mixing it up more and <laughs> feeling guilty. Your spiders have <laughs> more variety than Ruthie does. <laughs> I'm sure your dog's fine because it's a formulated <laughs> meal, right? From a, from a company. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fascinating though. I mean, it is, it really is incredible how much thought you, you put into this. And I'm, I'm wondering, um, when did you decide to start posting about your spiders? What, what was the, I guess, the inspiration to be like, I want to start sharing my journey with them? Yeah, I, um, I, I, I had, you know, a few beforehand and, you know, it was just sort of like, okay, another pet I have, you know, I would tell people, oh yeah, I have a jumping spider. And they would be like, what a spider oh i see those things around my house i squash them and i'm like oh no okay well this is my pet you know and and you know i kind of realized that people needed to see it more often people needed to see that not all spiders are the same you know and even though there are very dangerous and deadly ones out there there's ones like jumping spiders that aren't aggressive and they are very docile and i wanted to spread especially on jumping spiders as a little kid i learned it when i was in the eighth grade that jumping spiders are really nice and i had a really cool interaction with them a week later I mean, I just couldn't, I, I wanted to imagine other people to see my account and to also have those really fun interactions. And people all the time, they send me messages. Thanks to your account. I found a jumping spider the other day. Look at this video of it running up my arm. Look at it. I took a picture of it for you. I mean, it's really, it's really heartwarming to see that it is providing that, that form of, you know, education and entertainment for people and, and to also just help others, especially with their arachnophobia or just miscon misconceptions that they may have. But really what, truly started my account is uh when i had cutie the spooty she was just something else she's not like any other jumping spider i've, I've ever had she is just the most sweetest most laid out most laid back most calm spider i've ever had and i just thought i I, I really want to share her with the world. I mean, she is a just a diamond in a haystack, a needle in a haystack. And um, I really wanted other people to see how awesome, you know, she is. But to also educate that they mostly are kind of like her, not as nice as her or as calm as her. But I really wanted to share her with the world because I thought it'd be rude not to. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the initial reaction when people when you started posting? How did people respond? So generally, I just try to follow other jumping spider accounts, other arachnid accounts that sold, you know, tarantulas or they had tarantulas or other bug accounts that took photos of bugs outside or other creepy crawlies, you know, millipedes. Some people were like entomologists, for example. So it really, it was a common interest. You know, people saw it. They acknowledged it. Oh, yeah, I have a jumping spider. Really cool. You know, it really wasn't until one of my videos went viral. I mean, we're talking 34 million viewers saw this video. Oh, my and that Gosh. is when I pulled in. Yes, I know. I've, it's crazy. And that is when I pulled in such a huge community. I pulled in people who had arachnophobia. I pulled in people who did not like it at all. And there was no convincing them. But I also pulled in a lot of other fans, a lot of other people who did not know that jumping spiders were that way. I pulled in a lot of people who wanted jumping spiders, had known about them. But my account is helping them now be a little bit, they're able to have access to it a little bit better, so to speak. So, you know, it really wasn't until that, that video hit that 
my account went from the arachnid community to like full on Instagram algorithm community. <laughs> and what which wow. post was that? Um, it was it was one. It was I think it's now four weeks ago, I believe. Um, it was one that I was kind of showing like, oh, look at how far far our trust has come. And you know, because of that video, a lot of people are like, dumping spiders don't have trust. Spiders can't be trusted. And I'm trying to like comment everybody like, no, no, you're right, you're right. This was just for the arachnid community. Like people, oh, I people see understood, it. you know. I was oh like, no, God. people understood that you know they don't actually have trust. I was just making a fun account. So you know, I tried very quickly to start creating more educational reels to kind of show them that no, they don't have trust, but this is how that quote unquote trust where it comes from. And I, I edited my description immediately. I added like a disclaimer, you know, but for the most part, people reacted very, very nice to it. And, you know, I got a lot of spooty fans now. <laughs> and what was that like when you just see just like, 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 like just popping up on, on your feed and all the comments, was it overwhelming at all? Was it exciting? You know, at first I thought it was going to be like some other video like, oh, look, I got 10,000 views, you know, because usually I'd only get like 100 or like 200 views because at the time I only had 300 followers. And, you know, I was like, oh, look, look, that video has got like 5,000 views now. Isn't that really cool? It's like more than ever. And then it went to 10,000. I was like, oh, wow, look, I wonder, I wonder when it's going to stop, you know. <laughs> and I didn't get a whole lot of comments or likes at the beginning. But then the next time I looked at it, it was like 1 million. And I was like, oh, my gosh, did you know that that video that was 10,000 is at a million now? And. And, you know, I, it started blowing up my phone because I know I kept all my notifications open. It was it was hardly ever I received a follower or a like or a comment. So I always had my notifications. So I immediately I turned off all my notifications. It was just blowing up my phone. <laughs> and every single time I opened Instagram, it showed 100, 100, 100. Because apparently it doesn't exceed over 100 if you get over 100 followers. And I couldn't keep up with it. I tried keeping up with all the comments. And then the comments went from 100 to 200 to like 1,000 comments. And I couldn't reply to people all the time. I received so many messages right off the bat. And, um, you know, like the likes were just crazy and the follows were just crazy. It was really bizarre. I never imagined my account to reach that potential because when I created my account, it wasn't for like, oh, I'm going to get famous. It was really just, it was just something fun for me to do. I had a really fun, interesting creature that I hung out with almost every day to every other day. And every single time I took videos of it, I just posted it to Instagram. You know, I really never expected this to happen, but I'm ever so thankful for it. It's really a crazy, surreal experience. Like it's so crazy. My family's like, wow, we have a famous Instagrammer in our family now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so funny. And I I do think, you know, just going through your page, you you seem to spend a lot of time commenting and responding to people. I yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you do a really great job of interacting with your followers and answering their questions, which I imagine is very time consuming and a lot of work now that yes. you have... <laughs> What what is it? Close to it's over a hundred, right? Yeah, hundred and twenty five thousand followers. <laughs> yeah, just about almost. <laughs> yes. I, I actually, you know, I kept telling people like, oh, message me if you have any questions. And then the messages became from like 10 to like like 50 to a hundred. I was like, oh, I need to delete that where I said message me because I, you know, it was really hard for me. So I came out with a QA really quickly, you know, hoping that when people have questions, maybe comments, you know, maybe they won't ask the questions if they go to my page first and they see my QA. And that helped for a while, but then I still receive a lot of messages, which I'm okay about. A lot of the messages now are just like, oh, what is this spider? Do you know what this spider is? Is this a jumping spider? 
Um, I get people who are like, oh yeah, check out this spider interaction I had today. And then I do get a lot of the repeat questions. Um, but that's why I also created my YouTube account because I also added a general care, sort of like general information about jumping spiders. So I'm hoping if they don't want to click through the Q&A, maybe they'll look at a really fun YouTube video because I really try to make it as, uh, I mean, it's it's a 15 minute long video, but I try to add as much B-roll as possible. So that way they're not looking at my face talking the whole time, <laughs> but like they keep seeing pretty pictures popping up. They're like, oh, look at this. So oh, look at that. You know, I, I try to make it as, as, as entertaining. So that way they watch it all the way through. <laughs> You're much but nicer than me. I'd be like, Google it. <laughs> Trust me. In my head, I'm just like, oh, just look at my account for one second. But no, I'm just like, oh, this could be me. This could be me on any other person's account. So I'm yeah. just like, you know what? It's okay. I'll just I'll just respond for now. My fiance though, he's like, just ignore them. He's like, they don't even follow you. I'm like, I don't care. They they're asking me a question. I want to help. <laughs> but I think that's some, one of the things that's to me especially impressive about your account is how quickly you did respond to that uptick of activity. And it looks, you're, I mean, again, for someone who hasn't seen your page, it's super polished. It looks great. It's really well organized. And you immediately, like you've got this great, I feel like archive of education content. And I can totally see this growing on a YouTube channel. I mean, Netflix, where are you? We have a series for you on spider care. <laughs> like, this, There's an audience for this clearly. And it's um, no, I think it's amazing the way that you've responded to the community and you know, you're giving back to it. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I really take pride in it. I didn't want to be like any of those other Instagrammer accounts where I constantly see through the comments. I see a question that I have and I look for another comment that maybe asks the same question as me and they don't respond. And, and I understand they're probably very busy. They get so many comments a day. They probably post so much. They have another whole entire life. But sometimes I'm just like, man, you know, you posted this video, you know, I got questions now. I want to know why, you know, and I, you know, I really kind of vowed I, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to post something about jumping spiders, make people think a certain way about them, have these questions, go out and do something wrong with a jumping spider or not have the right information. So I just, I really thought it was important for me. And it's still, it's so important for me that I just try to be as open, as active. And like you said, I really, I'd immediately... I looked at a bunch of other verified accounts, a lot of other accounts. I had over 100,000 views and I was like, okay, what does their account look like? What would people be looking for when they go on my account? So, you know, I was really just trying to gather as much information. What do you do now when you kind of go viral and you get all of these followers? What do I do? I got a few days to make this look professional and I really tried to nail it. And I'm, I'm glad that you guys think it looks good because there's still a few things I'm like, oh, I wish I could make this look a little bit better. So thank you. I really appreciate that so much. <laughs> But you did. No, you definitely nailed it. And you actually just hit on something I was going to ask you, which is when you have questions, like if a spider, one of your spiders gets sick, are there spider doctors? Uh, do you go to Google? Like if one of the spiders seems to be behaving abnormally or you think it's not feeling well, like what happens next? For me, I typically know so much about jumping spiders. I I would typically know if something was wrong. There's, there's only really a handful of things that really could be wrong. And I'm not talking about like diseases or illnesses or anything. I'm talking right. about maybe the temperature was too high. Maybe... Um, maybe they didn't get enough hydration. Maybe they're hungry. Maybe they're lethargic. Maybe they just came out of their mole and they're not feeling their best. You know, maybe it's that time of their lifetime when they're getting a little bit too old, you know? So generally though, you know, if, if people are following safe guidelines and a little bit of common sense with their jumping spider, they should not need a professional medical expert. Um, but for people who do need somebody, uh, I don't know of anybody for 
jumping spiders in particular, but I do know that there are some vets that that, that, that may actually um, be able to take care of a tarantulas. It can be very hard though to find those vets because that's going to be more of like an exotic vet that you would need to go to, somebody who actually knows what they're doing or seeing when they see a tarantula. Just like if you were to have like a bird or any other exotic type animal, you'd have to go to a very specific vet. Not all vets will take care of like all animals per se. It may even sometimes those people may have to actually ship their tarantulas to those people because they're might, oh, there may wow. not be one in their area. Or perhaps, I mean, it's a long shot. Maybe there's an entomologist in the area that knows a lot about insects or uh, spiders that will be able to help you. But generally, I think that a lot of my questions I've had, like in the beginning, just kind of came from Reddit, other hobbyists, you know, people who bred in the community and they know a lot about jumping spiders or other people who had similar experiences at me as me. I was able to kind of just figure out what I need to do, what I needed to change just to make sure everything was okay. But so far I've not had any issues, but a lot of people come to me with a few issues. So I hope that I led them in the, in the right good direction too. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting for me on, on the show where we talk with a lot of people who have animals that I've never personally interacted with. And I think you do such a good job of, of showing the cute cuddly side of spiders that I pro like I am one of those people that'd be like, Oh my God, get that thing away from me. I do not like that. And my niece has done the same for me too, you know, with her snake when she brought it out and I got to meet her, uh, her snake uh, a few weeks ago and I, I'm petting him. And I'm like, Oh, he's kind of cute. I kind of like his little beady eyes and the way that he just wraps himself around me and it's just really changed my perspective on how we connect with other species in a way that I hadn't expected before in terms of talking with guests like you, looking through the different accounts of these different people. Um, and I just really appreciate that you are doing that because I, I think we need more of that in terms of just showing kindness to the world around us, including all the little species that inhabit it. Yeah, yes, I'm I'm very happy that I even have the opportunity to be able to do that. I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of accounts that have jumping spiders that don't reach a very big community of people on Instagram. So I'm very thankful that I was one of the accounts that was able to get out there to a lot of other people, you know, like like you who who, you know, would not have known and such an uncommon creature to have such kindness. And, you know, I realized that the video that went viral, it seemed very cuddly and people were off the bat was like, "Oh, I want a hug, I want a pet, I want a kiss," you know. "Oh my god, are they, are they all like that. And I, um, you know, I, at first I was like, oh boy, you know, that's not always entirely true when it comes to jumping spiders. Do not kiss or cuddle them or pet them. But, you know, I, I try to come out with a lot of educational videos. Like, okay, even though Cutie Spooty looks very cutie and cuddly, like here's Raymond, who's very skittish and, you know, runs nonstop on my hands and he's running up my arm or he's trying to hop from hand to hand. You know, I'm trying to show that, I don't want to just like romanticize them or like glorify them or, you know, personify them. You know, I, I want people to see that they do have this really cute and cuddly side to them, but not all of them are that way. And, you know, it's just very individual to the jumping spider. So I'm really thankful I'm, I'm, I'm able to show people all the sides to jumping spiders, you know, because I'm sure there also are some snakes that maybe are a little bit like, oh, get away from me. I'm going to snap at your hands, you know. So, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful for everything. I like how you said that because it is a balance. And I think a lot of our guests have said that, you know, it's this, this balance between I'm showcasing a particular side of my animal, of my critter, 
on social media, but that's not the the whole picture. It's not the whole picture for that that animal, and it's not the whole picture for that species either. Like, it's yeah, like yeah, really good distinguishing point to make. Yeah, I was the, that you, you've said that perfectly because a lot of a lot of these people I felt like wanted to impulse buy one right away. They wanted a jumping spider because they thought it was going to act just like the one they saw in my video, and it was very important for me that I'm kind of saving some of these jumping spider lives from potentially kind of disappointing their owners because they may not act like my jumping spider. And I do. I only pick out a few really cute videos, but I started to pick out you know less cute videos now because you know at first it was just within the arachnid community everybody understood. Not all jumping spiders were like that, but since I reached a much bigger audience where everybody thought, oh, that's just how they all are. Look at this video. They're all like this, you know? So I was like, oops, you know, I need to kind of round it back a little bit. I need to show all sides of it. I mean, when people would show other exotic animal accounts of like monkeys or like really weird, like zoo animals, you know, people were like, oh my gosh, I want a lion now. Look how cute this lion is, you know? And it's like, no, no, that was just probably a one-off, very nice lion, you know? They're not all like that. <laughs> And as far as, I guess, you know, followers who who have come to your page who hadn't really paid attention to spiders before, what kind of comments do you get from them as far as I, you know, never expected that I would be a big fan of spiders and now I want a whole brood of them? <laughs> Actually, yeah, you hit it right on the nail. That's it's pretty much a lot of my comments. You know, a lot of people are like, whoa, I never thought a jumping spider would be like this. Wow, you've really opened up my eyes. You know, I won't squish them when I see them no more. And I'm like, thanks. Thank you. Okay. You know, or a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I usually always squish them in my house, but I'm going to take them out in a cup now for you. I'm like, okay, thank you too. But then I also do, I get a lot of people who are like, oh, I've always wanted a jumping spider. You know, thank you. I didn't know you could like find them online. You know, this is really fun and interesting. I, oh, you know, I saw a jumping spider when I was a kid and I always thought about them ever since, just like me, you know, and it's, it's really nice to inspire some people. And then I do, I get a lot of people who are like, yikes, I have arachnophobia. This was really hard for me to watch but you know what yeah I think you're really pulling me towards the spider side because it's really good for me to learn about all species and to not just be so terrified of everything just because I don't know about it but you're helping me to know about it and I really appreciate that I feel a lot better now because of cutie the spooty's content so I'm really thankful I'm able to help people with their arachnophobia people who are just curious about all things people who wanted a jumping spider and people who like you said they started out with arachnophobia and now they're like I want a cutie the spooty too <laughs> <laughs> and you you had a really beautiful post as well that actually this month about the lifespan of spiders and you know they're not in our lives for that long but you and it's it's scary for some people to think about getting a spider like this and building a connection with them because of of how short their lifespan is and so for you how do you deal and process with that as far as when a spider passes and you get a new one, what I guess is it just like going through a little grief process, a grieving process on a consistent basis, or what? It, what does that look like? I mean, it definitely is sad, but for me, um, I try to just form a little bit of a thick skin because you know, I know they're not going to be in my lives for a long time. I mean, one to two years, you know, in comparison to my entire life, you know, that really is nothing. It's everything to them, but it's really a small time for me. And I can just go by in a blink of an eye. I mean, what were you doing two years ago? You know, it's like so crazy when you think about two years, you know, it's not, it's nothing in your life. And, you know, for, for me, you know, I, I, 
I try to just spend every single moment with them. Not, I mean, I can't technically spend every moment with them, but I, I try to do as much as I can with them. And I try to do as much as I can for them as well, you know, especially making this page. It's sort of like a memento. It's like a memory towards them because in a year from now, those jumping spiders may not be with us that you see on my page. They're going to be different jumping spiders. And so just by having them be spread through so many people across the world in so many different countries, it really helps me, I think, to be able to let go and release. Because it's not something that was just so special with me. Nobody understands. It was such a special spider, you know, but now it's like so many other people understand now. So many other people may grieve, you know, or, or be upset. So it's like, you know, I, I've, I've spent such a great time with them. I've given them so much. And I sort of like a you know, I'm hoping it's going to be now of more of like a good let go. I've given them a lot. They're, they're stars on the internet now. And, you know, it wasn't just me enjoying them anymore. Now it's a bunch of other people who gets to enjoy them. And so I think just with that in mind, I think it's going to help me tremendously in the future for sure. Just to know that they're loved by everybody now. <laughs> mm, that's beautiful. It is. It's a very beautiful and I don't know, mature perspective on this. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. You know, Thank you. I really appreciate that. I, with Halloween coming up, I was especially excited to chat with you because <laughs> we all know that spiders have this like very tight, you know, close association with Halloween. We're going to see spider, fake spiders everywhere. They're going to be in Starbucks. They're going to be in supermarkets. They're going to be in Anya's living room. Anya, you don't know that yet, but the fake spiders are being shipped to your place shortly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just curious, you know, now that you have this connection to spiders, you have that relationship with them, has Halloween changed for you at all? Or at least like the spider component of Halloween? Or are you able to separate the two things? I actually do. I separate the two things. I actually I tell my fiance all the time. I don't have spiders. I have Cutie the Spooty. I have Moody the Spooty. I have Raymond. I don't even consider them spiders. I don't know. They have these two little eyes that look at me. They look up at me and they go about their little business. And I just don't see them as spiders. Like, I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. I have like spider dysmorphia or something. <laughs> I, I look at them. I don't see a spider. So I just see them. Well, that's just a jumping spider. Yeah, spiders in its name. That doesn't mean anything. You know, it's just kind of how I view it. Because when you go out and you look at the spiders, they look like, uh, they look like black widows, you know. They got the skinny little legs and the big round plump body or their tarantulas, you know, and like those ones can be creepy crawly. I understand why people would think of them as creepy crawly. Not all of them are creepy crawly because I don't want to offend any tarantula parents out there who are like, no, mine's cute too. Because there are some cute tarantulas, I will have to admit. <laughs> oh my God. But no, when I do, when I go out and I see, I actually, I actually, I just bought some spider Halloween decorations. I plan on trying to decorate their enclosures a little bit with some little like Halloween spiders and bats and skulls a little <laughs> bit. And I actually I found a sign that actually has some webs and a spider on it that's like hisses and kisses or something. I don't know. I found it at the dollar store. And uh, I, I hope to make a video about it. Like, oh, look at how I transform my enclosure and my spider setup to be Halloween. <laughs> that's so cool. So you'll be embracing all of the spooktastic creepiness of Halloween this year with your spiders. I hope so. <laughs> I, I have a question what the spider in Charlotte's web was she a jumping spider? No, I, I don't know if technically she would have been a jumping spider because in the movie, if you can remember, she makes a web and she makes, you know, she writes things in her web. Jumping spiders don't do that. They don't make, uh, they don't make webs that way. So they actually make these little tiny nests. They do always have like a web that trails behind them. In case they were to fall, it kind of catches them. But, um, 
if I remember her correctly, she could possibly kind of look like my cutie this booty, but because she makes the webs that way, I'm going to assume that she was not oh, uh, a jumping spider. Very <laughs> intricately, like uh, beautifully designed, like lacy webs. I mean, there is something about that. You know, here I am talking about webs sounding like there's something bad and you know, they're, they're only found in dusty old houses, but I think the truth is anybody who's ever seen a full spider web outside here with little rain droplets on it, it is just such a beautiful thing. It's not creepy at all. It's just, it's spectacular in its symmetry. Yes, I didn't even know it, but people actually like preserve those. They like, I don't know how they do it, but they're able to like, they find these spider webs outside and they just put like a piece of paper behind them or something. They swoop them on the paper and they frame them. I don't know how they do it to make them like not fall apart or crinkle all within each other because it's very sticky material, but I've seen it done and it's really, really like beautiful the way that people are able to preserve those. I mean, I I hope the jumping spider or not the jumping spider, but I hope the spider was done with their home first, but (laughs) nonetheless, it's very cool. (laughs) Wow, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, okay. So now I know what I'm Googling after this conversation. (laughs) And I guess like one more since it is October. I love Halloween. I'm one of those people who's here for all things, not all things, but a lot of things creepy and and spooky. Um, Do you have, are you a scary movie fan? And if so, do you have any movies that you'd recommend that we check out with or without spiders? Uh, um, Really? I don't, I really do like scary movies. All the scary movies that come out nowadays, they don't seem scary. They just kind of, they they follow the camera around and then they kind of move the camera. They pan it really quickly. Like, oh no, what was that? And then they never end up showing you what was the main monster. And they turn, like, I don't know. I don't feel like they're doing a very good job with Halloween movies. But the old <laughs> Halloween movies, those are awesome. I mean, there's even like, uh, I don't know if this was per se kid-friendly, but the one I always really like was uh, Halloween Town, I believe it was called, or, or like Monster House. I'm not sure if I'm saying those names correctly, but I feel like if somebody's heard those movies, I I think they're going to know what I'm talking about. Nice. Okay. But, um, but the only spiders I've seen actually in movies would be like that one scene in Home Alone where uh, he actually <laughs> takes his brother's tarantula and sets it as a prank for the intruders. Or actually, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this movie, but it's called Jungle to Jungle. And it was like a father in a city being one jungle who actually somehow has a son who uh, I don't know where he's from, but it's it seems like he lives in a jungle and he actually has a pet tarantula that he brings to the city. Aww. And like the tarantula is like a main character sort of speak in the entire film but other than that I think those are the only movies I've really seen spiders in (laughs) yeah I can't but actually sorry I was gonna say that actually people have been recommending to me a lot of anime series because apparently they use jumping spiders as a very popular character in anime right now Uh, like uh, they they, they, they they make them like robots and then there's also uh they're, they're not jumping spiders but they're based off of jumping spiders like apparently whoever makes those anime episodes I'm not sure if it really is the person who makes it or maybe just helps with the episodes but like apparently he loves jumping spiders and he incorporates them into some of his episodes and there are a lot of other anime apparently episodes with spiders that are like talking and are like the main bad guys. I've never watched them, but a lot of people tell me about them. So I, I had to mention it now that you know, I, I just remember. So I'm so sorry is, for interrupting. No, no, no. That is so funny that you said that because when Anya was talking to you about the photography and how in the videos and how you make the spiders look so cute, it took me back to when I first saw your page. I actually thought of some of those anime cartoons because of the eyes, the way that cuteness is conveyed with like a certain type of like, I don't know, just the angle of the eyes. It's like you just want to squeeze whatever it is, whether it's a person, a tree, an animal. And that's literally what I thought when I, I first saw your page. That's so funny you said that. Aww. <laughs> I love that. You, you uh, I, I don't like um, 
scary movies, by the way. So don't ever invite me for movie night if it's a scary movie. <laughs> I totally understand. <laughs> um, well, we, I have personally just enjoyed this conversation so much. I never knew that I would enjoy talking with someone about spiders. Oh. You learn something new every day. But we have some rapid fire questions for you um, that hopefully won't be, won't trip you up too much. (laughs) This is Anya's favorite Uh, part of every episode, by the way. (laughs) I love this part. I love this part. So if Moody the Spooty could commit a crime and get away with it, what crime would they commit? Oh, goodness. What would she commit? You know, Moody Spooty, that's, you know, her personality is in her name. She's very moody. I feel like it'd have to be something terrible like murder. I mean, seriously. <laughs> and then the next day, she would just be cute about it, and you would never know what she had just done. Actually, I just saw her commit it the other day with a wax worm, so I believe it. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> well, you had to keep her away from Raymond, it sounds like, too. So, you know, you know she has it in her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if Moody the Spooty had a Tinder profile... What would she be looking for in her mate? What would her bio say? I think totally like uh, she would be looking for your typical like tattoo motorcyclist guy who also like maybe has a teddy bear on his bed. You know, he seems real buff and like, don't come and mess with me. You know, like a nice shaved head with like a big full beard, but he's like a teddy bear inside because it's like the perfect balance of her herself, you know? (laughs) That's that's perfect. (laughs) And then this is my personal favorite to ask people. If Moody the Spooty had a human voice, what would she sound like? And can you do an impersonation? <laughs> oh, no. I actually just did this the other day. Um, I won't be using what I did the other day, though. But, <laughs> you know, like all of those uh, really cute pet accounts that, that make, um, you know, the, the, I don't know if they're using filters or something to make those really cute voice and like, like I am Booty the Spooty. Like, do you know, like a very cute yeah. voice. You know, I was telling my fiance, I was like, no, what if they had like grown woman voices? I mean, what if they're like sassy grown women, you know? <laughs> like we need to find like accents from like different regions. So that way there were like, you know, nationally, ethically, like diverse jumping spiders, you know? And we give them like all sorts of like accents and stuff, you know? I don't know if that would be bad or anything, but you know, just with the conversation with my fiance, it was very funny to think about, you know, they're grown sassy. Woman, <laughs> I like this idea. Uh, I want to. I want a series now. No, now knowing that bats <laughs> are like the head of the roost in their domain, and then that spiders are also, and that the female spiders also are rulers. I want to create a show now where it's just bats and spiders, female bats and spiders taking over the world. <laughs> That would be awesome. That would be awesome. They could just like ride their backs, you know, and, yeah, just, exactly. and then they hop off the, the, the bat with their string of web and they just, wow, all eight legs out and just tackle. Yeah. And they go hunting for mosquitoes together and we you know, yeah. bring up some international spiders like, oh, wait, wait, easy. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh my God. Well, that was amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Madison, for taking the time to chat with us and sharing your passion and everything with our listeners and just with everyone that you've touched so far with your account. 
Thank you. And thank you so much for this opportunity. I really can't stress out now how excited I was to receive your message, how excited I am. You know, I really can't wait. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very thrilled to be able to do this with you all too and have the time as well. Thank you all so much again. Thank you. Okay. How much fun was that? I was not, like, I knew it was going to be fun, but I was not prepared for how much fun I had during that conversation. I, I think I could have talked to her for like another couple hours about her spiders, to be honest with you, because there's just so Same. much that I didn't know as far as like the different types of webs they create, you know, just like the spider in Charlotte's web and how hers are more intricate. And the, I, I mean, I can't get over the fact that the females are more cannibalistic and that. <laughs> yeah, you I loved just, that. I love that. I love that. But it was really fascinating. And, and like to the point, you know, again, just I feel like I am becoming more compassionate the more episodes we do and just talking with people like Madison who have built these, um, who have created these accounts that really show you the way that you can connect with different species that you would otherwise never even think about trying to build a connection with. And I just think that's really, really beautiful to have people like that who are using it for educational purposes and also just, I think, creating more compassionate people too. And, you know, it's all done through storytelling, which is the common theme that we have with all of our guests. You know, we focus on animals, a lot of internet famous animals, but then also people who are inspiring our relationship with the animals through storytelling. And it, it really is, especially at an individual level, when you have a Moody the Spooty, the impact that Moody the Spooty can have because of just a little personality or some fun facts about her existence, suddenly you start to see Moody the Spooty in all the other spiders around you. And mm -hmm. I, I feel the same way. It's just, you know, even the conversation that is going to come out in a couple of weeks about uh, bats, I just think of them very differently than I did before with just a different level of respect and sort of like, geez, like what can I do to make my space more comfortable for them? You know, mm -hmm. Just be able to have that type of relationship to our, uh, our critters. Yeah. And now I feel guilty for every spider I've ever, um, been a little smushy finger. Given a little, <laughs> a smush. little smushy. You better be careful, Anya. You know those those lady spiders. They're tough. They for all you know, I, we're having I know, a conference think, hey, right listen. now. We're taking this one out. We're coming for no, her. Here's, we're here's eat her. Her little dog. You, too. I should have. I should have asked her. I should have asked her which ones are. How can you tell which ones are male or female? Because then if I kill a male, oh, then right. I'm just really playing the role of a female spider. So such a good question. I, okay, we're gonna have to follow up with that. That's so, you're, you're you know, one of I, them at that point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I'll keep all the ladies alive and we can have a little tea party at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see how Ruthie feels about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was so fun. Again, I am just loving our autumn animals. I mean, we've Again, we've talked to so many fun animals, but I'm in the Halloween spirit right now. Bring on everything creepy and, you know, unusual. And I am here for it. Yes. And if you enjoy this, please follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, at The Furfluencers. Go to our website at thefurfluencers.com to sign up for our newsletter. Like and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and iTunes and give us a five-star rating so we can show up in people's algorithm. 
and continue supporting us and showing us love because we love love even though it's not valentine's day not spider love (laughs) 